My name's Neil Dudman. And my name's Dave Kite, and you're listening to the Nursery Business Podcast. Hello. Hello, we're back. We're back after a month hiatus for Christmas and January. And the virus. How, how are, you, are you recovered? All, all fit and healthy and raring to go. Full of energy, full of get up and go. So you're not suffering from long COVID yet? No, it, it, I think it took, it knocked the stuffing out of my mojo and made me a bit like for a number of weeks, but uh, fully back on it. I say probably three weeks after three weeks. Is yeah, you're, it hit you pretty hard though for a few days, didn't it? For a week or so. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty tough actually. But I think the, the, the worst bit is with colds, if you get a cough, you get a cough for a week. And if you get flu, you may get a temperature for say 24 hours and then you get better but my sort of temperature went on for three and a half days. And, mm. and, you, just, and you just start wondering, am I going to get better? What does normal feel like? And it, I, I think it's, it's the mental part of the unknown is, is a difficulty. And I believe Charlotte brought you home an oximeter or whatever they call it to measure your yeah, oxygen level. Yeah, she, because she works in the health service, she's a bit anal with keeping healthy and stuff so she's always or she was always taking temperatures and stuff even before covid kicked in which <laughs> she got used to, <laughs> yeah she's got a gun and an ear thing and it's how are you doing this every day and so I, I i i told her it was bordering on ocd and to to stop it so she so, so she did but the gun is still here but she's got this finger thing that checks your oxygen levels and it was down at 90 91 percent for a good really? few weeks and yeah now it's back up to 98 97 90 so. 90 91 is borderline going to hospital you did realize that yeah yeah well you mentioned it and obviously she mentioned it as well but Hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a tough old bugger. Yeah, actually, just for to, to update our listener, welcome back, listener. Sorry we've been away for a month. The, the oximeter you can buy from Amazon for about 25 quid. It just plugs on, you push the thing, and it just measures your oxygen level in the end of your fingers. And uh, some guy in America noticed that the signs of low oxygen levels preceded a lot of the, a lot of the serious ailments. And so it might be a good idea just to give yourself peace of mind, get one of these things. And then if you do suffer from the virus, if you just stick it on your finger a couple of times a day to check your oxygen level, if it does drop below 90%, then it's a good time to whip off to hospital. So uh, a, a very cheap, useful little tool. Anyway, enough of that. So you're back in action. We're back doing our mastermind uh, online Zoom calls. And we've had some really interesting conversations. I think one of them was to do with... Uh... Prices are very key because without setting them in the, right, in, the right, in the right place, at the right point, the right price point, is, is, is a problem. And you have to be on it. And your price should, the price you command should equal your quality and your availability. And you did some interesting experiments with price increases. A lot of people will be struggling with price increases right now. They'll be balancing people coming in, fear of losing parents, fear of putting the price up. 
Yeah, it was an interesting little spreadsheet that I did in the Danosionis group. And of course, I shared it within our private client groups as well. And I had a bit more in-depth conversations on it. But I wanted to see what difference it would be between having a price increase over a set period and then not having a price increase over a set period. So I took an example at year one of a nursery having a turnover of £340,000, which is, what, 25 30 grand a month or something about that, which is not huge, but it's not small. It's a decent sized nursery. And I compounded it up with a 5% price increase every year. So for argument's sake, year one was 340,000. And after at year 10 with a 5% every year, that turnover went up to 527,000. So obviously quite a big jump over a 10 year period. And I did the same calculation again, but with actually not having a price increase year two so the price increase was in theory delayed one year and even i was shocked by how high the the number came out so a five percent price increase on the three hundred forty thousand is about eighteen thousand pounds and that carries forward year on year increasing a small amount obviously go that goes up five percent every year but after a 10-year period if you do not have a price increase of five percent at year two you lose out on a total of 170,000 pounds of income over a 10-year period and that's, that's like one missed price increase that's one missed five percent price increase at year so two to, so to clarify you on at the end of year one you start year two you miss out one 5% increase, but from there on, you carry on doing 5% increases. And it's mm. just the one you miss. And that amount, that's somebody's mortgage paid off. That's a life-changing amount of money. And, and that is all profit. That's your profit gone. Mm. That's another £18,000 a year worth of profit on average, just that you're not going to get. And, so, and that is why on. having a price increase every year is hugely and i would say vitally important to keep that turnover going up and i would say if you do miss out one for whatever reason make sure the following ones are high enough so you can get back on track it's really difficult if you just have a two or three percent price increase every year but you miss that for four years that we have had people that in some of our groups that haven't had a price increase for years and that 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 is really difficult to catch up because at 3% per year over four years, you need to do a 12% plus pay increase or fee increase. And that's a 12% is a lot to ask of people. Whereas the 3% every year, it just gets lost in it's the noise. 3% is 3% of 3%. So mm. it, you have to do more than 12% to sort of catch up. It has to be around sort of 15%. It's crazy how these compounded interests work and stack up against you and they run away. It's the same, it's the same scenario, I guess, as a credit card debt. Yeah, you know, if yeah. you don't if you don't pay it, you have to pay interest on the interest of oh, yeah. the interest. And it just goes on and then people get into massive amounts of debt and they and they have to go bankrupt because they can't keep up with the repayments. I think Einstein said that a compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Einstein <laughs> said that, yeah. Some people might be thinking, oh, well, I'm heading towards the high end of the fees 
in, in my area anyway, how can I justify the price? So if somebody says to you, why do you charge so much? What would, what's your reply? I, I would say if they're heading towards the higher echelons in their geographical area, and we all know there's a difference between, say, London, the southeast, Devon, Cornwall, Birmingham, Scotland, etc., etc. If you're heading towards the higher reaches, then you're doing something right. Yeah, I think your re- reply when confronted was that we're the best. And uh, this, is a mindset. <laughs> this is a mindset thing, isn't it? It's almost like a magic art of voodoo. Not that I practice it, but it's probably been practiced against me at some stages in my life, I'm sure. But yeah, I was at one of our nurseries in the, I think it was about 2011, 2012. And I was just mooching around doing little bits and bobs. And I, I walked past one of my managers doing a show round. And the lady was looking at the price increases and she said, oh, you're 52 pounds and the nursery around the corner is only 47 why is that and as I was just walking past I just looked back in my nonchalant way and I just said because we're better than them in every single way and she looked at me for about two or three seconds and I just stared at her and she said I guess that's told me then hasn't it okay fine (laughs) and because I said it was such conviction and honesty and left it hanging and didn't explain any any more she well believed what I said and took it I I, um, I recall an experiment that was done that involved a photocopier and there was a, a queue of people... Uh, Hang on, where, where are you going with the photocopier? <laughs> yeah, this is, not, this is not your office. This is a general office. And no Christmas parties are involved. So, Fine, um, <laughs> so it's safe. Yeah, the, there was a queue of people and this secretary walked up and said, uh, can I do some copies? And everybody looked at her and was like, mm, no, you joined the queue. And then she came and then they did the same experiment another time. And then she said, can I do some photocopies because my boss needs them to do an urgent presentation. And everybody said, yeah, OK, you jump in and do your copies. Uh, and then they repeated a, an experiment the third time. And she just said, can I do some copies because without any qualification and they all went yeah okay and the word because is mm. amazing when, when we hear the word because there's a reason so when you say why is your price is so high is because we're the best and you have to be right at it straight away and there's so many times when you actually have to rehearse your response if somebody throws questions at you you have to come back and say because that's it and then people accept it and the the more that you say it with conviction and immediately without even thinking about it it, the the more believable it is so there is a question of rehearsal and then we answer the topic is all very well you Neil Dubman saying that but you also want your manager to say that with the same authority speed and have rehearsed it so that's introducing an, an interesting idea of standard questions that your manager might be getting that you respond instantly but she hasn't practiced so we're then on to training and we and and so we've been looking at questions that you need to know answers to straight away i think i i think if you go into the detail it is it's pretty easy you don't need a list of 15 things that you're better than 
the place down the road. You just need to have maybe three or four key ones said in the right in the right manner with the right conviction that after three, four or even five, the person switched off because they believe you and they get it. So you don't need a massive long tick list of why you're different. It could be things like premium stuff, then we pay higher wages. It could be our approach. It could be branded products that we use. It could be your food is all homemade on site from scratch using individual products, not processed meat, et cetera, et cetera. So once you've listed maybe those four or five things, they go, okay, get it. And so it could be that you bring in external uh, resources for music lessons, for dance, for sporting activities, like a little bit of football or acting or whatever you do. If you bring in acting, three-year-olds acting, they always act. So yeah, it's looking at, at you it's convincing yourself why you're better and confirming that you actually are better and then you can pass that on to your staff to say, to say we are better because we do this and it's letting it's letting your staff know why they are better yeah my my team take the mick out of me because i call it our l'oreal moment because we're <laughs> worth it so why That's are you doing good. that l'oreal L'Oreal. Yeah, it is. It, it yeah. is. And a lot of people understand these massive sort of slogans that the big brands used and they go, oh, yeah, OK. And it, if you believe in it and deliver it the right way at the right time in the right manner, you almost it's almost like a Paul McKenna moment where you're wooing and lulling them into your own thought pattern, because if, if, if someone's come into your nursery if they spent an hour, if they spent 10 minutes driving, parking, coming in, having a show around, they're interested. They want to buy. They are in the market to buy. They're not just going to waste an hour of their time plus however many hours researching and communicating and arranging to come in. So it's almost like a persuasion technique. So if you're the same price, it must be, surely it must be more, correct me, it must be more difficult to actually woo and convince and sell something of the same value in terms of price point than the three people nearest you. Surely that's gonna be more difficult than being different. So I need to modify your L'Oreal moment uh, (laughs) slightly. And you need to say it's a L'Oreal moment because you're worth it. Because you're worth it. (laughs) Because you, the customer, are worth it. We spend spend more money. We, exactly. We spend more money on food. We hire better qualified staff. We pay our staff more so they're motivated because your child is worth it. Whoa. Yeah, That's, yeah I know. I love that strap line. Because your Why? child is worth it. Yeah. Why are you more expensive? Because your child's worth it. <laughs> love it. Killed it. Your... Killed it dead. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, do, but... do, do you know what, mate? That's why they pay us the big bucks to come up with it. <laughs> yes. But the interesting thing is, what does good look like? What does it outstanding look like? This is what you've really got to articulate so that you, your staff know what good looks like. Expectations. Microsoft did some research a few years back, and they wrote a book called How to Move Mount Fuji, where they actually gave prospects ridiculous 
questions to answer. So how do you move Mount Fuji? Well, you're never going to move Mount Fuji, but it's not about actually moving Mount Fuji. It's about handling how solving a problem. Now you think, what are you going on about? What they discovered in this book is that when they were interviewing people, that what they did was they filmed the interview and then they got another group of uh, interviewers uh, that were from Microsoft and they showed them shorter and shorter clips of the video and they asked them, did we recruit this person or not? And when they showed them long clips, they got it almost 100%. But then they got down to one minute. They showed them the one minute clip of the person coming in and they had an accuracy of whether we employed them or not to 90%, which meant to say that person, the, the person recruited them on gut feeling from first meeting and then spent the next six hours justifying their gut feeling. Yeah. And, and now what, what that does that remind say, you of? What does that remind <laughs> you of? Go on. <laughs> it, well, it reminds you of, of a, a basic Ofsted in, inspection and a Absolutely. basic viewing because those first impressions we generally make our mind up within a minute. If you go, and that, if you, if Ofsted come in and your office is a shit tip and you can't find the very first staple thing that they ask or, you know, they think, oh, this person's disorganized. Whereas if you, if you hit it on their money and you got banned, they go, cool, I can get on with this person. This is going to be a breeze. And it changes and, uh, their mindset. And, and I, we'll, we'll call it the golden minute. Because when somebody comes to look around your nursery, you have that golden minute where you're going to wow them. How are you going to wow them in that first minute that says, this is the place for me. Now I need to justify why this is the case. So we've got two. We've got L'Oreal moments and we've got the golden minute. That's a really productive uh, podcast this day, today. <laughs> hey, as I said, it's why we get the big bugs. We, we needed the break to refresh, obviously. Thanks for yeah. staying with us, listener. Yeah, it's good to be back in touch with them anyway. And uh, obviously, we're back up and running now with the weekly podcasts. And uh, so we'll bring, uh, we're back in attack. We'll, we'll bring more golden minutes to you shortly. Yeah, just to recap from what we discussed, have, not having a price increase, potentially on a £340,000 turnover now, this current year, if you have a 5% increase year on year, in 10 years time, you will have an additional £170,000 in your bank account. So who hasn't got the balls to do a 5% price increase? It's not a huge Absolutely. amount of money. And you, customer, and you can have this because your child is worth it. The, the yeah. L'Oreal moment. And then, and then a gold minute. The gold minute of when a prospect walks through your nursery, how are you going to wow them? How are you going to wow the Ofsted inspector as well? Yeah. Brilliant. I don't think we can, I think we're done here. I think our, our week has <laughs> been done. cemented and cast yeah. in stone. As you so rightly said, mic drop. Good, good night. Auf <laughs> <laughs> Wiedersehen. Yeah, great call. So we'll be back next week on uh, Thursday or Friday or whenever David can be bothered to drop the podcast in the app store. And we apologize for the delay, but sometimes even the great need a rest, don't they? And, and we're back on it now and supporting the nursery sector. And fingers crossed, uh, we're coming to the end of uh, the nightmare and maybe the summer we may be a little bit back to normal.
Wouldn't it be nice to have a, a party this summer? We were discussing this yesterday. I met a few new staff members yesterday. And I said, you haven't actually passed probation until you've been on a night out. <laughs> and and she said, yeah, I've heard all about the nights out and I've heard all about you and the shots and the trays of drinks and the kebabs. And I said, yep, you get into the Hall of Fame after a night out with us. <laughs> and with that, it's night from him. And it's good night from me. Talk soon. Bye bye. If there are any topics from today's episode of the Nursery Business Podcast and you want to find out more or ask questions or have suggestions, email podcast at yournurserybusiness.co.uk. Take care, guys.